bless you guys. How many of you are excited to be here? Amen. Um, I feel really blessed to be here with you guys. It's an honor to always um, come before Grace and Love Church. And um, thank you to my pastors uh, for giving the opportunity. Um, we're going to go straight into the word. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> and uh, let's go to John 14, verse 15 through 18. When you have it, say amen. Amen. It says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Amen. Amen. We're going to pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word, God. Thank you for always giving us what we need, God. I know that you're here, Lord. I know that you will speak to us, Lord. Thank you, God, for everything you ministered to our hearts, Holy Spirit. I just ask you that we, that we may open up our hearts to your word, Lord, that we may open up our spirits, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Thank you, God. Your presence is here, Lord. You're, we feel secure in you, God. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, so um, I, I really feel like um, honoring what, what Kevin said last time and take you guys through a journey uh, of something the Lord has been doing with me for like the past six months. Well, really, it's been two years. Um, we always uh, used to joke around with Mario and Jesse that I was going to learn a lot at Grace and Love Church. And um, yeah, I even made it a hashtag one time. But yeah, and um, but um, in the past of in, like six months ago, um, I had been uh, dealing with like feelings of insecurity, of anxiety, and I felt inadequate to like serve God. But um, those feelings of insecurity um, at the core, I'm not afraid to say this, um, it's because um, I had been dealing with um, past secret sins, you know, and, um, and I, it's specifically pornography, you know. Uh, ever since I was like 10, I dealt with that, you know. Um, it was crazy because I was reading that 75% of kids, um, they, they, someone shows them pornography when they're like nine, you know, and, and, and it's crazy that the church doesn't deal with it. It's crazy that the church stays quiet about it, or they'll just say, like, stop doing that, but they'll never, like, actually acknowledge that sin, you know. Um, and I'm not afraid to say it because I know that I'm free, you know. I'm set free from um, in the name of Jesus. And then, um, you know, I, I was, even though I had, a, I had already gained victory over that, you know, I had gained victory over that, I just felt insecure about my footing, you know. I felt like I had to uphold it with my own strength. I felt like I had to, because um, we... The way we do it sometimes is um, we, it's how Jesus said, you know, if your right hand gives you trouble, cut your right hand. You know, if your eye gives you trouble, cut your eye. You know, we don't, obviously don't do it, you know. <laughs> but the thing is that we set these boundaries around us, right? And those are good. I'm not putting those down. But what happens, like, when it catches you off guard, you know, when you feel like you're, you're feeling, like, alone, you're feeling, like, frustrated, when you're feeling stressed out because of life, that those things come creeping back in, and there's only one thing to turn to, and that's his Holy Spirit. So, um, yeah, and then, um, so I, I felt, also felt anxious, anxious about my 
my conduct and my walk with God. Like, I felt anxious about my relationships. I felt anxious about uh, my marriage. You know, I felt like, like I had to uphold it. I felt like I was the one that had to carry it. And um, it was just a whole bunch of anxieties dealing with work. I, you know, I, I've, I've been struggling with, like, finding a full-time job. And I, I felt like I was limited. I felt like I couldn't do anything, you know. And then um, I even felt inadequate to, like, reign over my life. I felt like I wasn't upholding everything, like, that has to do with the way I administer my life, my finances, uh, ministry, um, serving the Lord. I felt like, I felt like, like um, very uh, vulnerable. I felt in a position of vulnerability. I felt, like, very um, sensitive. Like, if anything could come, it just tumbled me down. I was ready to give up and raise the white flag, you know? And, uh, in fact, I would, like, be afraid. Not that Mario asked me, but, like, I was afraid that if Mario asked me to preach, I would have to say no because I wasn't ready. I, I, didn't, I didn't feel strong. I felt weak. And the thing is that we deal with things like that. It doesn't have to be pornography. The thing is, I felt like I had to, I had to deal with that. Like, I had to, it was my battle. You know, it was my battle. But in reality, we don't give it to God. You know, others deal with anxiety. Others deal with depression, um, lust. I couldn't even look, I couldn't even, um, like, deal with any other area because I was so, like, concentrated on having to deal with just that one thing that I didn't even, like, I just put that thing on a pedestal. Instead of looking at every area of my life, you know, and have, letting the Holy Spirit be the one to influence me, you know. So, and, and um, I wrote down a Psalms. Um, I didn't give it. I don't, you, don't, you don't have to go there. Uh, Psalms 94, verse 17 through 19 says, Unless the Lord had helped me, I would soon have settled in the silence of the grave. I cried out, I am slipping, but your unfailing love, O Lord, supported me. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. Amen. The Lord is there to get you out, out of any situation. You know, there's a story. Uh, it's a classic story, actually. Um, I love this story. Um, it kind of uh, describes, like, what we do in our Christian life sometimes. Uh, it's a story about a guy who um, he really wanted to go on a cruise. And uh, he used every penny that he had. He, was, he wasn't a very rich man. He used every penny that he had to go on this cruise. And uh, when, he, when he walks in, he walks in with his suitcase, and that's all he had. And uh, because he really wanted to go to Rome, see Venice, you know, he wanted to go to Italy and just take a cruise, you know, enjoy all, all that stuff, you know. It was his lifelong dream. And um, the help, if you will, or a servant or the help, um, took his ticket, and he asked him if, he, if there was anything, like, that he needed to know, like, if he needed a map, if he wanted a tour of the boat, and the guy was like, no, 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 I'm good, don't worry about it. I guess he really didn't want to give a tip. And so, the guy closes himself in his cabin, and uh, he lit uh, for, like, the next two weeks, he lives off of crackers, uh, a couple cans of beans, and a powder lemonade, and that's what he, that's what he eats, that's what he eats, like, the whole two weeks. And, um, People, he, he envies the people in the boat. He envies the people in the boat because they get to go to the movies. They get to go to dances. Um, they even enjoy like lobster and buffet and everything, right? Everything that, you know, we're thinking about right now because we're hungry. <laughs> and um, then the, like, the people in the, finally got to Rome and they go on, they go on a cruise, 
I mean, they go on a tour, and he's not able to go. He stays in his cabin. Everything that he wanted to do, he couldn't even do because he couldn't afford it. And then here comes the last day, and the help comes again. And he asks, and he asks him, um, so uh, which celebration are you going to go to? He's like, what do you mean? He says, um, yeah, it's the last day, so you get to go to a party. And it was then and there that this guy found out that the movies, the cruise, all the activities, including the tour to go to Rome, was included in his ticket. And he was living under his privileges. And that's what we sometimes do in our Christian walk. Sometimes we don't use the resources that are there set by the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, I was leave, living in defeat. I was living like there was no more hope for me. But the Holy Spirit was there the whole time just waiting for me to be aware of him. And then, like, I was able to begin to walk in the Holy Spirit, begin to just walk by the strength of his power, not by the strength of the power of the flesh. And, um, but before, like, I don't want to just say walk in the spirit. I want to take you to this journey that God took me through. Um, first, before I could even learn how to walk in the spirit, I had to acknowledge the Holy Spirit in my life. I had to acknowledge his activity, which is um, why I called uh, this uh, the helper's fingerprints. And Cynthia did an amazing job, right? And, um, yeah, like, um, I had to acknowledge the Holy Spirit's presence in my life and his, his, his um, imprint in my life and, and, the, and the things around me. Um, Galatians 3.3 says, um, How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? It's impossible to walk in the Spirit by the power of the flesh. Um, one of the things that, um, that I think is present in the church sometimes is that there's bad indoctrination. Um, it's always about like, oh, uh, number one is nobody's perfect. And second is um, God understands. And, and those are true, right? God understands us. But the thing is that we live in this never-ending cycle because we think that we're, trying, we're supposed to somehow survive the Christian life. We're supposed to somehow survive the Christian life by our own strength. But the thing is, we don't, Go to God for his victory, the things that he did in us. So, how can I walk in the spirit if I do not recognize his voice? If I can't, I don't know what his instructions sound like or his activity in my life. See, learning to uh, recognize the Holy Spirit is the first step in learning to walk in the spirit. Uh, if we are supposed to be led by the spirit, it would certainly help to recognize him. You know, um, as I said before, um, his, finger, his fingerprints are evident in the world, in the church, and in the spirit-filled life. And it's, and it's evident to those who are around us. You can tell when someone walks in the spirit, when someone's filled by the spirit. You see, there's something, there's something special about the way someone who walks in the spirit, there's something special about their conduct in life. There's something special about the way they do business. So there's something special about the way that they do marriage and that they parent. And so all those things are seen through the Holy Spirit. But the thing is, we don't produce that fruit. We bear that fruit. You aren't fruit producers. You're fruit bearers. So the first thing that I, I want to kind of just set in stone is that Holy Spirit is a person. How many of you know that Holy Spirit is a person? See, we say that. But I just want to solidify that with the word today. 
So the first thing I want to say is the Holy Spirit has knowledge. A person has knowledge. Uh, why don't we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Get some water, I'm really thirsty. You know, I was, te- I was telling Mario, like, when I sat down, that it was really cold. <laughs> and, he was, and he told me, when you get up there, you won't be cold anymore. And it's true. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit has knowledge. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 through 12. Say amen where you have it. It says... No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God, God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. So, so let's shoot uh, two birds with one stone. The Holy Spirit is God. He says, no one knows the thoughts of man but the, the man's spirit himself, right? But, and then he says, no one knows the thoughts of God, but the Spirit of God. So he is God. The Spirit of, okay, um, the Holy Spirit has knowledge and has the power to impart that knowledge. So n- no force can do that. So, um, for example, the help in the story had all the knowledge of the crews. You know, the guy, all he had to do was access that and ask him. Right? So the same way the Holy Spirit has knowledge and he reveals all things to us from the Father. Okay, the second thing. Uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. The Holy Spirit has a will. He has a will. So in his discussions of um, spiritual gifts, Paul refers to the Holy Spirit as having the responsibility of distributing gifts according to his will. So let's read that. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Okay, so now the Holy Spirit is making decisions. He decides what gift to give each and every person in the church. See, the Holy Spirit is special in the way he's not He's not an it. He's not some, like, power or some force. Sorry, Star Wars fans. Um, He's not some force. The Holy Spirit makes decisions. See, this is implied in the Lord's Prayer. He says, um, your kingdom come, your will be done. See, obedience is accompanied by revival. Revival is accompanied by obedience. So revival brings our hearts back to God. You know, so we... We come in partnership with his will. We don't use the Holy Spirit according to our will. We don't tell him what to do. He tells us what to do. It's so simple. Uh, when, we, when we minister, we're actually doing his will. We, we, we actually, it flows more naturally when we, uh, when we are in, con- in connection with the Holy Spirit doing his will. Amen? Okay, um, and the last one, to solidify that he's a person, um, the Holy Spirit has emotions. Ephesians 4, verse 30. Amen? 
It says, um, and do not bring sorrow or do not grieve the Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So, Paul instructs the believers um, at the church of Ephesus not to grieve the Holy Spirit. See, the church of Ephesus was doing things that, that kind of like brought them back to the old life. Like, they were, um, they were doing like gross sins. They were um, offending one another. They were, their, conduct, their conduct was below who they really were. They weren't acting as new creations. See, God told me today, he said, speak to them. As, speak to them as new creations. Don't speak to them as like, you know, the same way that I said, you know, um, everybody makes mistakes. No, God said, speak to them as they are new creations. So Holy, the Holy Spirit gets heartbroken when we ignore his promptings. You see, he has done the work in our lives. He is working in us. We, his activity is constant in our lives. We just don't see it sometimes. But... Yeah, and um, now I want to just kind of go over, like, his ministry, his fingerprints in the world. Um, I'm not going to read this because we've read it so many times, but he is the greatest influencer in the world. See, the Holy Spirit came to convict the world of its sin, the world of, its, um, of the righteousness of God, and the judgment of God. And, and we know that the sin is that um, the world doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. And then judgment because the, the enemy has an, he has an um, expiration date, you know. And um, judgment because, I mean, I'm sorry, righteousness because there is available righteousness in Christ. And, and the world can ex- escape God's wrath through that righteousness, not through self-righteousness. And then um, ultimately, too, he eliminates the truth and he teaches. Um, let's go to Romans 8, 14 through 16. For all who led by the who for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received the Spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba Father, for His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Amen. So. He guides us so that we may know that we belong to him. And he assures us that we are children of God and we are enabled to partake in his glory and strengthened to participate in his suffering. So one of the things is like, I, I don't know, maybe like as we read, read this, you guys, you guys can see his activity in your life. You know, I just, I don't want to teach you like in a way like tell you what to do to walk in the spirit like, I want to just prompt you or move you towards becoming aware of what he's doing right now, what he's doing in your life. So um, Romans 8, 26, 27 now. I'm having you guys read a lot. <laughs> so, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. 
But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all, all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So, when we don't know how to pray, He teaches us how to communicate in a whole new way. He soothes our heart as we approach the throne of God. And, uh, he, but He also empowers us to become everything we were created to be. He knows and hears our inner cries. The Holy Spirit knows everything that you're going through. He's present in your life. He's present in your situations. He's present in your anxiety and in your depression. So I have a question. Where do you turn when you feel inadequate? Like where do you go when you feel like you can't parent or what you can't lead? You can't be a leader. You, can't, you don't feel like a good leader. You don't feel like you can pastor or you have feelings of anxiety depression, you have uh, lust problems, uh, uh, problems with morality, immorality, where do you turn? You see, God, Holy Spirit is the perfect counselor. He teaches, He enables. He, he can work in our marriages, in your problems at work. You know, it's crazy. Um, um, at work, I, I um, kind of used to, like, cut corners, you know, before, before this. I used to, um, when I knew there was a customer that wouldn't really ever enter the door, I would just, you know, like, you know, skip it, you know? And, and I wouldn't read, get the read because I thought, like, you know, they never come out. Why should, I, why should I have to do this? You know, I wouldn't try at work. But then, but then with, with Holy Spirit, when he started, like, kind of just prompting me to do things as if I were doing them uh, for the Lord, I, everybody... Everybody was kind of like, why do you do that? Because they know that, like, some customers don't answer the door. And so I began to just go outside, get the read, leave a note that I couldn't get to them because they never answered the door. So in a way, I started acting out with more integrity. Not only that, I joined a safety committee, all these things that the Lord just kind of pushed me to do. And, and it's crazy when you, when you are really walking in the Spirit, Everybody knows, notices by your fruits. Everybody notices what, um, what God is doing in your life. Um, but yeah, um, the Holy Spirit is so vital in our Christian walk. You know, um, walking in the Spirit or being, or being filled with the Spirit is not about how much of the Spirit you have, but how much of you the Holy Spirit has. See, Walking in the Spirit is really about surrender. It's really about becoming aware about what He does. It's not about perfection, in fact. In fact, if you, if you know a, a, a Spirit-filled person, they're actually, they're actually the ones who ask for apologies the most. They're the ones that, that are aware that they're not perfect. They, they don't have to hide things. They don't have to act like they're perfect. They're, they're the ones usually, like, Holy Spirit um, highlights something in their life. They'll say, like, hey... You never, you never, like, you always put that person down. And they're the ones that will come up to you and tell you, you know what, like, I'm always putting you down. And they'll be, they'll be honest. They'll be sincere. They'll tell you that in reality, they envy you in reality or something like that, you know. Like, they'll be honest about what, what really goes through their head, you know. Because they're not afraid of making mistakes. See, 
when a spirit-filled person falls, because like I said, it's not about perfection. When a spirit-filled person falls, they don't stay there. They're the quickest to get up because they know that Holy Spirit is inside of them. They know that God is working in them because he who started the good work will finish the good work in us. So um, I'm almost, actually almost done. <laughs> I went too fast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go to Acts chapter 1. Verse 4 through 5 and 8. Amen. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Amen? So what I really want you guys to, like, concentrate here. If the apostles, they were instructed by Christ, they, they saw lame men walk, they saw the blind see, if they saw the transfigured word, if they saw the glory of God, and they themselves had the power, see, and they were, they were used by God, if they had all those things, why did God still ask them to, help, to wait for the helper? You see, because God knew, Jesus knew, that if these men were to lay the foundation of the gospel, it couldn't be by the power of their flesh. It, could, it had to be by the power of the Spirit. See, I know God wanted to use them for their character. God wanted to use, each one of them was special in their own different way. But God knew that they needed the Holy Spirit. So then my question is this. How can we, knowing that these men, like if anyone should have lived the Christian walk simply based on effort, it should have been these men. They walked with Jesus. But if these men needed the Holy Spirit, how can we get up in the morning every day and not acknowledge His assuring presence in us? We get up sometimes trying to survive life, trying to do things based on our own effort. We set up these boundaries to try to please God. When in reality, Holy Spirit is waiting for us to become aware of Him. The whole thing about walking in the Spirit it's about the Holy Spirit waiting on us. He's waiting for you. So, so I want you to just prompt you to become aware of his activity in your life. I want to just prompt you to just open up your heart to what he's doing. You see, one of the, a little bit more of his fingerprints include he searches the truths of God he, he searches the knowledge of God, and he imparts that knowledge. We went over that. But then the Holy Spirit also glorifies Jesus Christ. When, he glorifies, when we worship God, when we come here and we worship, we are actually partnership, part, uh, partnering with his Holy Spirit to glorify Christ. See, 
When someone is spirit-filled, you see it in their worship. It's evident. They can't hide it. They worship. They, they are passionate about it. They are passionate about just lifting God's name. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you are blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.